Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's so good to see everybody. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about perspective, and you can turn those lights down, speaking of perspective a little bit. We'll have a little Christmas Eve. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is perspective. You know, people can look at the same event and see two totally different things. If I just say to you tonight, if I just say Christmas, some of you are going to have such warm feelings and such positive feelings. But if I say Christmas to others, when they grew up, they had negative feelings of Christmas. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't what they would have expected. And so tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about perspective. I heard of a, a teacher, a kindergarten teacher, and she had a child there who was going to get his boots on to go out to the playground. And she struggled to get his boots on for him and to help him. And she was breaking out into a sweat. It just didn't seem like they fit very well. She finally got them on ready to send him out. And he said, they're on the wrong feet. And she was like, oh, man, okay. So she got, didn't want to get too discouraged. She pulled him off with about the same effort that it took to get him back on. And, and, and then, then after that happened, the little boy uh, looked around and he said, he said these, uh, these, put him on the right feet. And so she did. And she ended up struggling and ended up putting him on the right feet. And when she did, the little boy looked down and said, these are not my boots. And then she was more discouraged. And so she pulled him back off, sweat a little bit more. And he said, these are my brother's boots, actually. My mom told me I couldn't wear my boots. To, uh, she couldn't find them. And so she's like, well, why didn't you tell me that before I took them off? And so now she's putting them back on, finally got them back on, and everything's right. The boots are good. He's wearing them. It's all well. And she said, all right, you're ready to go out. You need to get your mittens. And you know what he said? They're in my boots. They're in my boots. And that's what happened. And, and, uh, and so she took them back off. Now, here's the thing. That little boy, he didn't mind that at all. That teacher is the worst day of the school year. Two different people, same event, two different perspectives. What I want to ask you tonight is, what is your perspective about life? What is your perspective about Christmas? What is your, Christ, your, your expectation this year? And so for a few minutes, what I'm going to do is actually, actually, I'm going to talk about this tree. And, and as I talk about this tree tonight, by the end of the message here in just a few minutes, you're going to understand what this tree represents. You're going to understand where you are on this tree, and you're going to understand what it actually means. Not every Christmas tree. This is just this one. Just this one. The pole in the middle of the Christmas tree is going to represent God. From the very beginning, God existed. He existed for all time. He's, the, he's, he's really our stability. The book of Colossians says that he reigns supreme, that the entire universe really revolves around him. From the very beginning, God existed. He is eternal. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That's God. From the very beginning, he existed. And the Bible said that he wanted to create people. I mean, he created everything. He created plants and animals and planets like Jupiter and Saturn and and all that that happened this week, God created all of that, and he created people too. And when he created people, he created them because he wanted a relationship with them, because he wanted to get to know you. And the Bible is very clear that in the Garden of Eden, that Adam and Eve had that great relationship with God, but God wanted them to love him, not because he coerced them, but because he genuinely wanted a relationship with them. And he said, look, you can choose to love me or not. And guess what? Adam and Eve, they chose to sin against God. And in that moment, there was a great division between God and mankind. The holy God could have nothing to do with a sinful people. 
God was so serious about sin, he said there's going to be a penalty for that sin, and the penalty is going to be a death penalty. But in God's great wisdom and in his great love, he said, I am going to send a Savior to the world. And the interesting thing about what it says about Jesus, God entering our world, is that he is called the light of the world. Not only is he called the light of the world, did you know in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, he is called the morning star, the bright and morning star? So on our tree, Christ is going to be represented through the star. Well, our world needs some light today, doesn't it? It needs some hope. And when we need to know that, that God actually had a plan for mankind, that God for all of eternity had a plan for mankind, and he sent Christ to come into the world. I don't know, maybe that's why he had a star that ended up leading the Magi, a star in the heavens to lead us to the ultimate star, the bright and morning star, Jesus. Well, guess what these cords represent? This represents you. This is you. This is your life right here. At Axis, we use the, the mission statement to revolve the world around Jesus one life at a time, and it just kind of conveniently works that the cords of your life wrap around God, who is the center of your life. But what I want you to notice, and you may not be able to see it clearly here, but maybe you can on, on the screen, is this little bit of red up here, just that little bit of red. You know what that represents? Your life on earth. At one point, your mom and dad got together and said, we'd like to have a baby. And they did. And then there you came, and they had to think of a creative name, and what will it be like? And all of you were born into, you know, a circumstance, some really positive, some really difficult. But every, every single person that's in this room was brought into the world and, and through the same way, and you were born. And here you are. And you grew up, and you went to elementary school, and you learned your alphabet, and, and then you went to Little League, and you played in baseball games, and you slid into third, and you got hurt, and, and if you came to the base like me or to the, to the home plate like me, you often got hit. I was hit like seven times uh, one year by a baseball. I, 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 was, I was really stalwart and staying in there, but I wasn't good at moving out. I, I don't know, but maybe you played an instrument or maybe you went to rehearsals all those years. Maybe you worried about who was going to love you and who wasn't. Maybe you worried about what your grades were. Like some of us, you really didn't care, and, and, uh, and that was okay too. Maybe you graduated from high school. Maybe you went to college. Maybe you decided to go to tech school. Maybe you just said, I want to follow in my parents' footsteps and take on their career. Eventually, maybe you fell in love. Maybe you walked down the aisle and said, I do. Maybe you began to have children of your own, and they started their own timeline. And then they begin to get to know people and have relationships. And, and you know the story. Fast forward through all of it. And one day, the end of your life is going to come, and the end of your life is going to happen. But is that all there is? Is that all that happens? You know, the interesting thing about all of us today is that most of us, because we live in a comfortable place, in a comfortable society, and really in a comfortable country, we most of the time focus our attention not on this, we focus our attention on that. Is that true? Most of what you worry about today, we've talked a lot about 2020. Oh, 2020, how bad is 2020? Well, it's not the worst year in the world, people. I mean, talk to my parents. I mean, talk to Mr. Niederman. 
Talk to those who lived through World War II or the Great Depression or the Spanish flu or any other type. It's not the worst in the world. And I tell you, it's definitely not the worst in the world in comparison to eternity. This tree, in terms of your life, could just go on and on and on. And if that's the case, then why do we focus so much on that little portion of red? Why can't we think in terms of what, what, what am I going to do for the rest of eternity? And when you think about that, your perspective begins to change. You begin to think, I'm not so worried about maybe I got a C in algebra or like me, maybe you loved algebra too so much you took it twice. That, that's true. Or, or, or maybe you don't worry so much about little inconveniences of life. But I do want you to know this, that what happens here determines what happens here. The Bible is very clear. If on somewhere on this timeline you do not accept Christ as your Savior, then your eternity is not revolved around God at all. In fact, your eternity is spent separated from God in a place called hell. And that's a harsh reality, but it is a reality. And what is determined is what did you do in your life with Christ? Did you come to a point where you said, God, I realize I can't do this on my own. I can't pay my own death price. I need you in my life, God. And listen, friends, when you do say yes to Jesus, guess what you get a new perspective on? You get a new you. You get a new you. Now, maybe it's not a different personality, but it's a new you. You have a new look on life. You have a new outlook. You have a new perspective. Colossians chapter 2 says, since you received Christ, somewhere on this timeline, you have been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith and the power of God who raised him from the dead. Now you have hope. Now you have peace. Now you have joy. Not everything is perfect still hard, but life is better. You get a new you. And the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Not only do you get a new you, you get a new view. You get a new view. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Friends, that is perspective. Today, we think so much about what is here and what is now. Our minds and our hearts are so often focused on this little line. And what I'm encouraging you to do tonight on Christmas Eve 2020 is to change your mind and your heart to think about the rest of eternity. Because 2020 is not going to matter in 2020. Is that true? Colossians chapter 3 says, look, you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. What that means is, if somewhere on this timeline you say yes to Christ, if somewhere on that timeline you accept Christ's payment for the on the cross for you, that means that you will have a new you and you'll have a new view. And friends, you're going to have a new venue because you're going to be in heaven one day. And that's what the Bible says, that you'll spend your eternity with him. It was 1978. I was eight years old. My dad started a church in High Point, North Carolina. Now, the way we said it back then, my name was Staven, 
and I lived in High Point, North Carolina, and that is the truth. And if I'm down there ever for very long, that's exactly how I talk, amen? That's it. That's still it. But, uh, but anyway, I was in 1978. My dad, some of my greatest memories are from Eastern Hills Christian Church, High Point, North Carolina. And we had candlelight services just like this. We had people come from the community just like this. My dad would preach those messages. My mom would often lead worship in the old style, you know. And in 1978, I remember walking out from the aisle about where TJ's seated now, seated now, and my dad was standing down front, and I said, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. My dad put his arms around me, and he said, boy, it always makes you proud when anybody comes to Christ, but it makes you especially proud when it's your own child comes to Christ. And that day, I was baptized into Christ, 1978, in case you're wondering, I was eight years old, 1978, and on that day, my perspective changed. Now, I know I was just a kid, but I had a hope in my heart that one day I would live with Christ. I had a peace that passed passed understanding. I knew that that my sins had been forgiven, and that I wasn't going to be perfect, and that I wasn't going to get everything right, but I knew from that day on that God was the leader and director of my life. My perspective changed. And some of you today, you need a perspective change. To be honest, you have been way too worried about the here and now and not focused enough on the what's to come. You've been too focused on the concerns of today and not focused enough on how to help other people make sure that their life is revolved around Jesus. So as we enter the new season, let's turn our hearts and our minds to one place and one place only, Christ, the light of the world, and the hope of Christmas. God, we pray today and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for Christ, our Savior. We thank you for memories of the past. We thank you for those moments, God, when... You directed us and guide us, even as children, to come to know you. And God, today on this Christmas, may we remember once again what the hope of Christmas truly is.